thing is, well, well, I'll save it because there's some weirdness around all that whole scallop thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Welcome. Um, welcome. How are you, Lisa Sinclair? Oh, that's news reader. Newsreader paper shuffling. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? Who are we? Where are we? Oh, what are we doing? Yeah. You're having one of those days, aren't you? Yeah. Um, Claire Isaac. Yes, Lisa. You're right. Yeah, a bit stressed. A bit, a bit flummoxed. You're, you're flummoxed. You are, aren't you? Yeah. I can tell you're flummoxed. Yeah. You're right. You're going to cry. Yeah. You, look, you might have a little cry. You look like you're about to cry. Should we stop and let you have a little cry? <laughs> no, I'm crying very hard. Okay. I'm all right. It's just all a bit much, is it? Yeah. One Some of those days. days. Some days. All right. Let's talk about the podcast. Oh, yes, we do a podcast. Really? I'm Lisa Sinclair. Yes. Lisa <laughs> <laughs> and this is episode 12 of season 3, the Plain Devils of Avocado. Mm-hmm. We're going to whiz through it today, yeah, aren't we? we're whizzing. Should we whiz? Mm-hmm. I'm whizzing right now. Um, <laughs> okay, things we're going to talk about yeah. are buffets, weird yeah. restaurants, culture club, Prince Philip, snack attack, scallops. <laughs> okay? Got it. Got Let's it? Let's go. Let's go. Now, Claire. Yes, Lisa. Do you... Buffet. Oh, I love a buffet. Oh my god. My god. If I could, <laughs> if I could live, you know how we love a grazing table. I yes. Is, I think you're either a buffet grazing table slash sort of person. Yes. Or, or you're not. not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think we've talked about buffets before, mm-hmm. and I think we've talked about Michael McIntyre's bit mm-hmm. about the Brits at the buffet mm-hmm. on holiday. And if you haven't seen it, it's one of the funniest things you'll we'll ever see. We'll put it find it. PDAs. PDAs online groupy thing. Um, so this, I'm asking you this because there was a story on, um, I think it was on Traveller. It was. And basically, basically, we need to do a drink game about, I basically. say basically. I know, I say it all the time. Say it all the time. Um, buffet dining is making a comeback after COVID. Yeah, because no one could, because those cough screens, cough screens don't help when it comes to serve yourself, no. do they? So I have been to a hotel during the last year and, um, for example, we went up to Lillianfells, where you've mm. also been in the yeah. Blue Mountains, mm. beautiful. And the buffet breakfast was served that you had to ask. Yeah. And then you're embarrassed to eat all the food, aren't you? Because you don't yeah. want to be a piggy wiggy, do yeah. you? Yeah. And also, when you go to the hotel, those hotels, half the reason you book breakfast is for the buffet, of right? Course. So if you don't get the option of the buffet, then you just book the room and you don't bother with the breakfast. Of course, Claire. Right? I Sorry. mean, that's just basic buffet basic. 101. Well, sorry. Um, I know, I'm teaching you things you already know. <laughs> so the story is about how um, the buffets, they're, back. they're back. back, they're coming back. And Adam Duca, who's um, from the Melbourne Institute of Melba, mm-hmm. which is in one of the big hotels. In the Langham. The Langham. Um, he talked about the story. He said, from the moment we announced we were reopening, the phones were ringing off the hook. Mm. So the whole story is about how they're making buffets COVID safe. Mm-hmm. Here's one of the things I highlighted. Melba's favourite items, one of them is M&M's baked into fresh naan bread. <laughs> Who doesn't want that for breakfast? Me. Oh. I don't want that for breakfast. I mean, obviously, you get your buffet breakfast, your buffet lunch, yeah. your buffet dinner, Claire. Are you, what are you afraid? You get your buffet your... tea, Ooh, high tea. Oh, high tea, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be breakfast. Yeah, buffet breakfast. Bre- I don't mind a seafood buffet, mm-hmm. especially at Easter. Oh, oh. what about yeah. at Christmas? No. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> stupid stupid Boundaries, Claire. <laughs> um, and so it's about how they're making it safe, but mm. they're very keen to make it the whole experience again of the buffet mm. breakfast. So, um, you know, they've got restaurants... They are allowing guests at Melbourne, they're allowing guests to serve themselves once again with shared utensil touch points cleaned every 15 minutes. So they've had to pivot, they've had to innovate. Um, they've the had Hilton, to do all of the cliches. All of the things. <laughs> the Hilton Sydney, mm. 
reopened in February and it originally opened with an a la carte breakfast but it had to switch to buffet because of guest expectation. Yeah. The guests just weren't having it. It was a revolt. There was a revolt over the buffet. <laughs> um, this made me really sad. The uh-huh. Sofitel Sydney at Darling Harbour still operates an a la carte breakfast model. Here's the worst sentence in history. Mm. Ready? Mm-hmm. Their system involves continental items brought directly to the table. I'm sorry, I thought you said. <laughs> continental breakfast items. Oh, worst thing ever. Look, so, I don't mind the continental breakfast idea. In situ. In situ, in a buffet-style environment. Like when you're in the con- on the continent, On the con- example, European continent. Yes. If I'm staying in a little French guest house, mm. and the morning all they're giving me is croissants yeah. and jam, Yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah. What Duca says, the man from Melba. Yeah. From my experience, the hotel breakfast is often the highlight of a guest yeah, stay. It is. It's something that you just wouldn't miss out on if you were, if you were staying. staying in the hotel. Yeah, I hear. Uh, yeah. Adam, I'm with you on it. You're totally. We're totally together on this, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, we are. Now, can you tell me your best buffet experience? Well, it's funny. You wrote this down. Yeah. And I was supposed to come up with something. Yeah, did you? And then I just got, like, all sort of, like, dreamy-eyed <laughs> about buffets. Um, I had a very, very... We had a very, very, very good buffet experience in a hotel in Kyoto in Japan. Oh. Because it had Japanese breakfast items. Yes. Next to your Western. Yes. So you could do, like oh. you do when you're in Thailand or whatever. Yes. You do the mix of noodles and cornflake. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> or egg and bacon and... A curry. A curry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was perfect for me. And because it was Japanese and it was the first time I'd been to Japan, there was items on there that I had no idea what they Ooh. were. And I do like that. I don't mind a little bit of a yeah. surprise. But I also, I mean, there's nothing beats like the crispy bacon, the potato hash, you know, the... Yeah. Roast potatoes. Bain Marie. Yeah, I love a Bain Marie. Yeah. If I could have a Bain Marie in my house, which I, mean, I can. Get one. <laughs> I would imagine. For breakfast this morning, Lee, yeah. <laughs> we've got a some toast or some toast. Um, I so actually I have, been, re- I've been re-watching Japan. The Nanny. Right. And in the nanny, in the first episodes, they have all the breakfast bain marie's. Oh, yes, amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I think that I think Kyoto wins for me. Although I did have a lovely experience in a hotel in Geneva, um, but that wasn't about the breakfast. <laughs> Boom, no. Um, where they had a beautiful, just a very simple continental breakfast with like boiled eggs. Oh, and, I like that. You know, like and a, um, and a bit of cheese ham. and, and, and cold that. cuts and everything. Mm. And I took great pleasure in watching an old man every day coming in and, and burning his baguette, as yes. it were, Ooh. and then sticking a knife into the toaster. Oh. Much, much fun. To much have. amusement. Yes. I, you, you? I had an incredible buffet experience in Thailand a few years mm. ago. And um, this hotel breakfast, I can't even tell you, it's so amazing. It had all the stations, it had Mm. the pancake station, um, station omelette station, egg station. But they also did the best curries I've ever had in my life. Thai curries. But I mean, breakfast? Well, yeah. But you know what? Why not? Why not? What about sometimes you get congee? Oh, yeah. Don't you? You know, I went to, I think it was um, a. Club Med. Yes. And they had, like, it, their buffet breakfast was, like, buffets around the world. Like, oh, literally different fun. ones from That's everywhere. That's what you want. And it was just... 
Yeah. You set yourself up for the day. You don't need lunch. <laughs> but that's such a lie. Everyone always says, oh, we won't need lunch after this. You know full well if you're on holiday, you're going to be chowing down on a burger. <laughs> on a club sandwich. <laughs> on a club sandwich at lunch. Um, I also seem to remember going to a hotel somewhere. I'm trying to remember where it was now. Um, and, oh, no, it was in Thailand. It was in Koh Samui. The first time I went to Koh Samui, like, years and years and years ago with a girlfriend, and we pretended to be the Spice Girls. A completely different story altogether. Another story. Right. But they had a, um, an elephant on the property, a little baby right. elephant, and we used to take all the bananas, hide them in our yes. bags, and then feed them the bananas. So, oh. you know, they thought we ate a lot of bananas for breakfast. We didn't. No. Mm. I did a... When we went to Vegas, I did a huge amount of research on buffets yes, in Vegas you did. but we didn't get to any of them because we were too drunk Claire <laughs> right <laughs> that's a true story true story okay so just linked to this it's mm. a segue mm. what's worse Claire big mm. question mm. big question big question what's worse disappointing breakfast or disappointing lunch disappointing breakfast yeah but if you're out... Because it ruins your day. Yeah. What like about at home? Well, you know, there's not really such a... In my life, mm. you either have some toast or you don't. You know, a bit of muesli or you mm. don't. On the weekends, maybe a boiled egg. Well, you need to up your breakfast game. Mm. At home. But, um, but then if I'm out, and it's disappointing, that just sets, mm. me, that just sets me off in the wrong path yes. for the rest of the day. I had a very disappointing lunch last week. It was on Friday. And I was working from home... We got a cafe a few doors down. I thought, should I go and get a meatball sub or not? I thought, no, I'll just eat what's in the house. Mm-hmm. I made the most disgusting tuna sandwich mm-hmm. of my life. <laughs> it was one of those tins of tuna with the flavours. Yeah. And it had been in the cupboard for ages. Mango and chilli. Oh, no. So putrid. Yeah. And it really, really ruined my whole day. And then, this is a segue, actually, but we'll come back to it. Mm. And then that night, Prince Philip died. So, you know... Let that that, be a lesson to you. Let that be a lesson to you. (laughs) Don't have a disappointing lunch. Well, because you haven't really got a finite amount of time on this planet. Yeah. Don't waste it with mango It's really sad, isn't it? It's really sad when you have a sad lunch or a sad breakfast. I I think going out for breakfast and it being annoying. Like, I went out for breakfast with my husband the other day. He chose the granola, and I, for some reason, I went to choose the avocado and eggs and all the, you know, yeah. lovely fresh things. And then at the last minute, I panic bought right. What'd you get? A pear and raspberry bread. No madness. With ricotta and you know, absolute and madness. And then it was three slabs of this annoying no, like stodgy cake, cake. that you can that. buy in Tesco's. Yeah, sorry, Coles. I don't understand people who order granola when they're out. Get it in a packet. Why would you order granola when you're out of the house? I don't know. I'll give you my husband's phone Lee. number and you can ask him. Lee. Part of his food rules, probably. Is a Lee food rule and it's <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> now, another eating thing. Yeah. There's a theme here. Yes. You sent me a link yeah. to a restaurant. Yeah, and I said, would you go to this restaurant? And I said, no. You did say no. Now, it's a restaurant that's in someone's house. It's now, in this Melbourne, is quite isn't common, it? yeah. Yeah. In um, Hong Kong, they do this a lot. And right. other kind of places around the place. And in New York, I think they do it too, where you um, invite strangers into your home and you cook for them. Right. Um, obviously, she is a chef, this woman. Um, I, I can't find the actual thing So right you pay? Now. You pay and you go to her house and she cooks for you a, like a seven-course mm. meal or whatever and you sit so around. So you sat at her table? Yeah, or her breakfast nook yes. or her bar. I mean, she had a nice house. This woman, nice, mm. in, nice something, but I thought 
it's just, it is something that um, you know if you go to a chef's table in a restaurant yes. and, and you know, you watch them make everything yeah. and they serve everything up to you and talk to you and everything. It's it is quite intimate. There's a level of intimacy I'm not comfortable with. Yes, you don't have being to take in someone else's off. house. No, using their loo. Using their loo worries me. Even them cooking worries me. I don't know. Like, what if I don't like their cutlery? Well, the thing that worries me about it is I don't like people's other people's cakes. I think we've had this conversation. I don't it. like other people baking for yeah. me. So I, bake sales are like horrifying yes. for me. So going to someone's house and eating, even if it's the same pr- process as what yeah. they were doing in a restaurant, not for me. No, I don't think it's for me either. No. And also, it's, it is. you see their rubbish bags. You know what I mean? I'm not down for it, When I go out to a restaurant, it's because I don't want to think about cooking or washing up or, Mm. you know, it's like you're being looked after. It's Mm. like the whole process, isn't it? Yeah, it's all taken away out of your If you're in someone's house, it's sort of like half and half. I know they're not going to expect you to wash up. Wouldn't that that be funny? I want to get money off the bill if you do. Yeah. (laughs) It just maybe isn't quite the experience that I'm after. No, but it was a a broadsheet thing, right? So it was actually something that they were were picking up as something quite cool. And it is is cool. If you're the kind of person that likes that level of intimacy and you want to talk to the chef as they're preparing stuff. Mm. Like this woman was a Korean um, woman who got her mother to send over a whole bunch of chilies and spices and and made things according to... The food was probably amazing. Yeah, it looked amazing and everything was very delicately Mm. done and her dishes were beautiful and, you know, like it looked like a restaurant. And I guess it does take away the overheads and all that sort of stuff if you can't afford to open your own restaurant. Yes, yes. I'd be interested to know what other people thought. Or have you been? To or one have of these restaurants. Been? Tell Someone's us on the house. PDAs. Yeah. Come to the PDAs. We had one person offered um, to give you a kidney. Yes. That was nice. After, after last week's it? episode. <laughs> one person said they'd give you a kidney, just yeah. not their own. They said, not my own, but if it came down to it, that if I had to, they would. Oh, that was nice. nice. That was my friend Zoe. Yeah, we'll thanks, call her Zoe. Zoe. Thanks, Zoe. What's her name? Should we do some culture club? Culture club. Culture club. Now, you've watched a film. Now, I watched a film. Now, I made my husband watch this, and yeah. um, it's not a film for husbands. Isn't it? No. Okay. Um, he's ended up reading on the couch. It's called Thunder Force. It's on Netflix. It's Is it a straight-to-Netflix film? Well, Did it come know. out at the cinema or no. not? No. Oh. No, but I don't know that it was ever going to. Right. So it's Octavia Spencer, who, of course, is an Oscar winner, yeah. and Melissa McCarthy, who isn't, and it's made by... I love them both. Made by her husband. You know how her husband and her oh. make movies together? No. But it's got this kind of hilarious cast because it's also got Jason Bateman in it. Love. And it's this stupid, stupid story about these two girls who were friends at school. Um, um, Octavia Spencer plays um, a girl called Emily and she was very smart and bookish and um, sciencey and stuff. And Lydia, who is played by Melissa McCarthy, is the sort of goofball one. And they... they, um, they grow apart, and then years later at the uh, school reunion, Lydia calls Emily and says, you should come to the school reunion, and then goes to meet her. She's like the head of this big science um, company. And somehow along the way, Lydia gets injected with this stuff that makes her into a superhero. Oh. Um, and then so does Emily. So they become Thunder Force. Right. <laughs> and start to um, protect the world from crime, which are these... Um, because there's these... Apparently, these cosmic rays have hit Earth. Like, it's all very unbelievable and stupid, right? So you've got to get through okay. all of this first. Yeah. These rays have hit Earth, and they've created these things called miscreants, which are supervillains, right? Right. 
So this all happens in like the first five minutes. Okay. <laughs> so you have to kind of go, okay, right, now I'm here. So late, my husband was like, mm, they haven't set up any of this properly. And I'm like, it's a silly movie on Netflix with Melissa McCarthy. It's not going to set anything up properly. But then, so basically they're, they're fighting um, a guy called The King, who is um, played by Bobby Carnavale. Oh, know? yes. He's really good. Love him. He wants to be the mayor of Chicago. Um, is he a miscreant? He's not a miscreant. Oh. He's just a, he's got a lot of villains under him, including right. Jason Bateman, who plays this guy called The Crab. So called because he's got crab pincers for hands. Oh, is he a miscreant? He's a, yes, yes. he's a miscreant. And then he and Melissa McCarthy fall in love and there's lots of hilarious um, yeah. love scenes with them and his crabby claws. I'm, I'm loving it already. It's just so stupid and yet so hilariously bad that I loved every second of it. All like, right. And it's just great. It you know why minutes? it's great as well? Why? Two middle-aged women yes. who are a bit chubby. Yeah. <coughs> In, in superhero suits, yeah. kicking serious ass. What's not to love? Also, having like sex with Jason Bateman, which is all of our dreams. What is not to love, Claire? Yeah, and Jason Bateman sort of plays this really grumpy version of himself, so it's, it's just perfect. A lot of sighing, a very um, mm. arrested development style. Yeah. It's just, yeah, hilarious. And there's lots of great silly lines and stupidness. And, that yeah. sounds very fun. So, yeah, I, you know, I'd give it one star in the sort of sense yes. of it being Oscars. good. Yeah. But ten stars out of five yes. for silly entertainment. Silly nonsense. Mm. Well, it sounds very nice. Mm. All right. And you read a book. I read a book. far better than me. Well, no, because it was a bit of a, I don't want to say chick lit, but it wasn't a very, you know, smart literary book. Right. It's called Spring Clean for the Peach Queen. It's by Sasha Wolseley. Wasley. Mm. Um, she's Australian. Mm. I think she's in Perth. Mm. And it, I picked it up and it had, I was surprised because it had a lot more depth than I thought it would. So it's about a girl and she um, has gone off, left her country town in Australia where she was the last peach queen. Peach queen. And then she goes off to make it as an actress and sort of becomes an Instagram influencer and then someone dies and she she's in all the gossip mags. Anyway, so she comes back with a, with her tail between her legs. Right. And you think it's just going to be a sort of quite a nonsense rural romance. But it's actually a bit better than that. Um, her mum was um, in the book, is, was a like a feminist lecturer at some point. And her mum's very, very feminist and very anti the life she's led. Right. So there's all this sort of stuff, mm. undertones about feminism and... Um, is it new? Yeah. Oh. Pop, pop culture. And then there is a rugged farmer, obviously. <sighs> Sorry, I was um, hoping. I was hoping you were going to yes, say that. There's a rugged farmer, and does he have calloused hands? He probably does. <laughs> and then there's um, peach blight. So the whole town oh. has been through a terrible mm. situation, but now the peaches are better. And and then they have the peach queen and king come back for the ball. Yeah. Anyway, it sounds like absolute nonsense. Yeah. It's not as silly as it sounds. Mm. I'm it was quite there. sweet and quite a good beachy type read. Right. Yes. Yeah, for winter, <laughs> on your winter beach. <laughs> I read another book too. Yeah. Oh, how many would you give it some stars? Some, some. How Look, many I'd stars? probably give it 3.8. 3.8 out, out of 5? Right, well, that's not yeah. bad. That's quite, yeah. quite high praise indeed. Yeah. I read a book called The Funny Thing About Norman Foreman. I've seen this book. Julieta Henderson. And not picked it up. It's Australian as well. Well, she's Australian, yeah. but um, it's set in the UK. It's about a little boy who loses his best friend and one of the dreams they have is to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival as comedians 
And so basically it's, oh, here we go, basically drink. Drink. Um, it's um, about the mother and her son. So she's dealing with the fact that he's grieving for his friend that's died. Um, and she's a single mum and she's looking for his father because she, she thinks it might help him with this grief that he's going through. Mm. But also they're going on this journey with a neighbour of theirs up to Edinburgh to play at the Fringe, even though he's like a little boy, he's 13 or whatever. And it's just so adorable. Is it's it? It's so lovely. It's a real coming-of-age story. It's written from her point of view, then his point of view. So you get the sense of mother guilt that she has and, and, and about how she's brought him up and whether she's done the right thing and then you get the sense of him being just so brave and so lovely and wanting to do the right thing by his friend and and prove that he can do this. He's got terrible psoriasis, so he's always really itchy. Oh, and it's just such a lovely book. I, really, I highly recommend it if you like coming-of-age stories. Um, Julietta Henderson, the writer, I think, was involved in the stand-up comedy world a bit. So you can tell that because it's sort of got that sort of sense of being in the background and stuff. But, And it's just lovely. It's just about love and about the decisions you make throughout mm. your life that change the course of your life a bit and, you know, men that you might have dated at one point and, where they were mm. and what they'd be like now. And it's lovely. How many stars? I'd give it four and a half out oh, of five. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. is good. Um, now, just one final culture club. I haven't seen it yet because it hasn't started yet, but yeah. I'm very excited about the final season of Younger. Oh, I thought, oh, yes. Well, now, you are, did you stick with Younger? No, I no. Didn't, but I should have. Yeah, I'm very excited. Is there an Australian guy in the last season of it? Yes. Yes, I thought. Well, that. I don't know if he is actually Australian, but you right, play, there's an Australian the surfer. Yeah. And I don't, I haven't worked out yet whether that's an Australian playing here right. or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, didn't you want to be? Didn't you like the idea of that show about the Byron Bay? Oh as yes, well? <laughs> look, I did. Um, so there's start Netflix have commissioned um, a reality show about Byron Bay. Yeah. And I said I was very very excited about it, but I actually think it's going to be too annoying for words. Mm. But I don't know in a good way or not. No, it's hard to know, is it? Yeah, and also, do you know what? I'm really up to uh, up to my limit with reality TV at the moment. I've got two seasons of real I've actually got three seasons of Real Housewives coming up mm. Beverly Hills New York and Melbourne mm-hmm. and um, I'm just coming off the back of Maths commit, too much to commit you to know, and Maths has really just worn Mifs me is out ru- Mifs, Mifs. Mifs. Maths has ruined me this yeah. season it really yeah. has Yeah, and actually because I'm really invested in it for yeah. more than I ever have been before so I know and it's ridiculous and I just but also I don't like any of them no all weird and horrible and awful and also I'm so obsessed with watching other people's commentary on it that now I don't know what I believe anymore no that's right (laughs) um someone um let's call him Mel Mm. described Bryce as a boiled ham yeah and now I can't look at him without just seeing a big ham literally a big ham um yeah, maths. Yeah. I do. I'm so glad it's over. I can't yeah. wait for the reunion, though. <laughs> in the same breath, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. In the same breath. Yes. You um had a your husband's got a little bit of the um jealousy going on. Yeah. What do we class this as? Do you think? Um, uh, don't know. Don't know. Something extra. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. So. He would say he's not jealous, right? Mm. But not a jealous person. Not a jealous type. Yeah. The yeah. other day I said something about my trainer did this and he went, my trainer. <laughs> right. Childish. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, and I was like, well, you know, I literally have a personal trainer one day a week. Yeah. So that I actually do the exercise. Otherwise I won't do anything. Yeah. You know? Like it's actually really good for me because it stops me from just sitting on the couch 24 hours a day. Mm. 
Um, so anyway, I said, oh, hey, and he goes, oh, it's the only, it's the other man in your life. And I was like, no, wow. stop it. <laughs> okay. anyway, I thought it was really funny that he would be like, I mean, you know, he's not really threatened, but it's so weird to think, you know, fair enough, I suppose. He's a young man who's getting very physical and sweaty yes, with your very wife. Close. You know, I'm, I'm allowed to punch him. And I do often. Oh, your husband or the trainer? No, the trainer. Oh, right. We do boxing. Yeah. You know, and like you do, you get quite quite physical. It's very intimate. Them. Yeah. It's an intimate relationship. Oh, very intimate. Yeah. Well, yeah. Lee and his green-eyed monster. Yeah. I'm sure he's not jealous. Why would he be jealous of my trainer? Well, I never know. Yeah, I do love my trainer, but you know. Yeah. Not, What's not his well. name? Sam. Hi, Sam. Uh, hi, Sam. How yeah, old, Sam? I'm not telling you. Tell us. Twenty-three. So yeah. we're recording this on Tuesday, are we? Yes. To be listened to on Thursday. Yes. So the funeral hasn't happened yet. No. There's been lots and lots and lots of coverage of Prince Philip. Yeah. Um, and it's just oh, it's very isn't sad, it? isn't it? It's very sad for the Queen. I feel I feel for the Queen. Oh, you do. A lot of people are saying things to me like, "I don't think the Queen's going to stick around long." It's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, she comes from very solid stock, um, but then. You know, at this point, she's 95, she lost her mum, her sister... Oh, her mum, her dad, her sister, and now her husband of 73 years. Yeah, and her family's in a bit of disarray. Yeah, but, I mean, she's got lots of lovely grandchildren and great-grandchildren to... Yeah, and corgis and horses and, and corgis, friends. And... Yeah, and castles and... <laughs> jewels. <laughs> you know, jewels, crowns. Um, I know, but I do think that, that you sent me something... We were talking about it on the phone yeah. the other day, and we were talking about how... It's scientifically proven that old people suffer a lot because they take on the aspects of their husband's personality and so yes. they become one person yes. when you're after that, that long. long. Yeah. And so it's really hard for people when they when they lose someone after that long because of the fact that you lose half of yourself. Yeah. It's a, it's a really true thing. Yeah. That article thing. was made me feel quite awful about possibly not truly understanding the depth of, say, my mother and my mother-in-law's grief yeah. at losing their husbands. I mean, I get it, but I don't think you really get it until you've been through it. No, it's so awful. I mean, it is, it's very, it's certainly brought up for me, you know, what my mum must feel about my dad. You yeah. Know, he's been gone for six years, you know. Yeah, and it's still painful and it still hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a horrible thing. And, I mean, you just kind of go 73 years of marriage. Can and you, I know they, don't, they didn't share a room or No, anything. but he would have gone in and seen lettuce every morning, wouldn't he, probably? <laughs> yes. Or, you know, like... Yeah. We called a sausage. Sausage, and, and I'm sure funny. I like to think of her saying, saying to the footman, "Have you seen the Duke? Mm. Or where's Prince Philip?" Yeah, like, can you imagine the funny life they had? What so an unusual weird. life! Yeah, so it's weird. all so fascinating. Are you? I don't want to say looking forward to the funeral. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I've got front receipts. <laughs> I am looking forward to it in that I know I'll watch it. Yeah, will I... you watch it live? So it'll be midnight. Don't I might I might do yeah look I've been around for most of those big royal moments mm. usually because I'm working to be mm. honest but um, I do what I do think there's a story in Vanity Fair about how this will bring the royal family back together and yes. I kind of believe that it will I think it will and I don't I, see how it can't and I feel like Harry will come back and has come back yeah and we'll kind of go 
I'm really, you know, this is my heritage and my yeah. life. And, and my grandmother. And my grandma and my and my brother needs me. And, yeah. you know, like it's hard. It's a really hard thing. And however much they've got people around them who can do all their work for them and help them move forward, they're still grieving people, you know. Yeah, they're, they're still family humans who have lost their granddad. I thought yeah. it was interesting that I was expecting no word from Prince Andrew. Yes. And then he did speak out. He did. They've and, all spoken out. And I thought, well, that's... At least it could have gone either way. Why shouldn't he though? It's his dad. No, well that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, it sort of. I'm glad yeah. that he felt that he should. I think did. it's um, like obviously I totally understand Megan not travelling. You mm. know, you wouldn't travel pregnant in the middle of COVID. Mm. Um, She's going to get slammed for that and has been already, of course. Oh, I think most people have gone. Oh, fair enough, haven't they? Really, uh, you'd have to be particularly petty. Well, I he think Pierce Morgan probably. Oh, he had a go, is he? No, I don't know. Um, but I do think. That that distance and being out of that bubble in Montecito and mm. Harry being home surrounded by his family without her yeah, well, and without Archie will make things very hard for him to sort of go, well, this was my life and that is my life. And Because yeah. surely most people want a combination of the two, don't yeah, they? Yeah. You don't want to just write off your whole... No, it'll be interesting. It'll yeah, be, it'll be very fascinating. Fascinating Won't to see it? how it all works out. And I thought it was very sweet what... Um, Sophie said about how it was like he someone oh, took him by the hand. Know. It just breaks your yeah. heart. And I thought that was very telling, actually, because remember when Diana died and the Queen was um, really criticised for not showing an emotional yes. side and all that sort of stuff. And then this has been very emotional yeah. from the royal family, which is unusual, quite unusual. Yes. They obviously really held him in high esteem. Yeah. And they loved him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, we've got to remember he was also a bit of an ass, but... Yeah, yeah. aren't we all? That's yeah, true. Speak um, for yourself. Oh, let's do some snack attack. Snack attack, snack attack, snack attack. You bought something weird. I did because I, I went past this, the um, IGA and yeah. I thought, you know what? Yeah. I wasn't going to buy any snacks. Right, you say that every week. I know. And then I went in yeah, there. Here we are, Claire, we are yet again. again. Limited edition, Red yeah. Rock Deli. Yeah. Grilled yakitori chicken and shallot flavoured crisps. Just madness. They just taste like chicken chips. They do, but a bit sweeter, I say. They are not, they're nice. We, they, we give them, them a we'll give them a five heartburns out of five. <laughs> <laughs> five gaviscons out of five. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> oh, we ate nearly the whole packet. They are delicious. Yeah, we um, quite like them. I don't really see the point of them no. in terms of the fact that the flavour doesn't really exist. But that's okay. And then the other thing we're going to talk about food-wise, Lisa, yeah. was something that I bought in, in the shop that I quite like. What's it called? It's called Aldi. Aldi. And it's not an ad. Not an ad. <laughs> but... Those of us playing at home yes. will have seen on the PDAs yeah. the Aldi scallop and champagne gratin yes. thing that I bought the other day. So you buy them in the chilled counter? You buy them in the chilled cabinet. They have a scallop and prawn um, bisque that yes. comes in a little terracotta pot that you buy two for $10 or whatever. Delicious. We've spoken mm-hmm. about them before. They've become a bit of a, of a, um, a usual... Oh. Suspect they're there all the time right. now, so I think maybe they were so popular that even though they were a special buy, as they, mm. as us aldefiles <laughs> call them, they've become a, um, a full, a full blown yes, member not, of society, not a special, not buy. a very special buy. But these Aldi scallop and champagne gratins, I think, still are, but they were so friggin' delicious, and mm. they come in a scallop shell, right? Yes. So you can actually make it look as if mm. you did it yourself. 
little tiny bits of scallop though. Not they're not big Australian scallops. They're from right. somewhere in Norway? South America. Oh, I think. yeah. Okay. Um, come a long way. They've they? come a long way. But it's um, scallop and champagne and gratin. So it's very cheesy. You put it in the oven and it's all bubbly and a bit got a bit of crumb on the mm. top. And then one of your friends. Where's well, my cousin? Yes. My husband's cousin. He posted Let's that call he, him Jeff. He, hello, Jeff. He posted that he liked them and he added a little bit of truffle oil and a bit of a fried onion on the top. He did. But it's interesting because I already knew about these. Is that what you had? Did you have them for dinner at his house? No, but he came for Easter and right. we were talking about Audi. Yeah. And he was saying, oh, we had these the mm. other day and he yeah. showed me them. They've been around a little while. Yes, and he was very impressed. They're really good. Yeah. So I reckon you could also mix them with some pasta, like empty them oh. out into in, and have them as a pasta sauce. Right. As you could do with the others. Anyway, it's not Nad, of course. No, but you highly wreck. But I highly wreck. Well, that's good, isn't it? Um, and you could have them in a, in a buffet brunch, which takes us right back to the start. So oh, gosh, it's like, like a ooh, big segue. Big segue. Um, now, they sound like something that would be good to make if you were having people over for dinner, but you'd be procrastinating. <laughs> procrastinating how, what you were going to... The menu, yes. the choices. It, yes. It's a very clunky segue. It's, all right, I'm there with you, though. Are you with me? Yes. So we're going to talk about... Procrastination story is really bad. About procrastinating. Yeah. Where is the rest of that? Oh, here it is. So it was an article that you found a few weeks ago and and you sent it to me, but I hadn't read it because I was procrastinating. (laughs) This this gag will go run for hours, Claire. Um, So it was a very interesting story on bbc.com and... I am a I'm a procrastinator. Are you? Yes, I'm a big procrastinator. I am, and then I'm not. Do you know what I mean? The th- yes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that, um, you know, like I I get really busy and really flummoxed right yes. really easily. But big things I put off for a long time, and if you don't attack them straight away, yes, they can they actually build up. they can build up and be something quite bad. Yes, and this story is about that, which I thought was interesting because. Obviously, there's certain things that you put off, like emailing someone to tell them that, you know, you're not yeah, going to do something. You're fired. Or you're fired. Or, you know, yeah. a phone call that you don't want to make or yeah. whatever. So you, then you do everything else, but you put that one yeah. thing off. And it, so it builds up to be something huge. Yes, and then the little thing turns into a big thing, Yeah, basically. Like my ass. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a situation recently where we had to send a Foxtel box back and... It, the box just sat in the sitting room mm. and it just sat there and then they started messaging us and emailing us send, saying, send the box back, send the box back. And then they... Um, and it was just one of those things, I was like, oh, I just can't be bothered going up to the post office, send the box back, blah, 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 blah. I just couldn't be asked. Yeah. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger in my head and then they threatened us with... Um, <gasps> Legal action. You know, bailiffs. Mm. So then I, they sent a link and I clicked on the link and then it basically, I realised you could pay four ninety nine, and someone would come and pick it up. Wow. And because I'd been so procrastinating, I hadn't even looked at it. I hadn't even, you know, and you, you just, you booked a time. Yeah. You put your credit card. Yeah. And it was done the next day. Oh, amazing. And I felt so much better. Yes. Such a huge sense of relief. Yes. But I'd let it snowball into this huge thing. And also, by the time we actually did it... Um, we had bailiffs knocking down the door. We didn't, but, you know, that was Could a, a real risk. Yes. So there's some quite good tips, isn't there, in this 
story. Yeah, there is. And there's also some really good information about how the fact that you you can link it to depression and anxiety yeah. because it, and it can undermine your relationships. Bad sleep, sleep patterns. Badly. Yeah, because yeah. you're putting off things that, you know, you just yeah. know in the back of your mind all the time, just not nagging you. Um, yeah, and what are the tips? Let me see. I can't even find um, them. The tips were... Well, one of the tips I quite liked was they call it nesting. So if you know you have to do something... For example, this guy knew he had to do the hoovering, Mm. the vacuuming, and he just kept putting it off. So what he does now is it takes him 15 minutes to make his American to make his oatmeal in the morning. (laughs) While his oatmeal is cooking, (laughs) he hoovers the stairs. Right. Or he he does hoover, so so it's nesting. So you're hiding the job within something else. Oh, that's a great And I thought that was really clever. Yeah. So you could have nested your foxtail box. No. (laughs) That's just pulling. That's just pulling off the band aid. Yeah. That's just not letting it something yeah, small yeah, get yeah. big. Okay. So that's right. probably that. That's probably this man um, who David Allen, the author of Getting Things Done. Yeah. If a task takes longer, less than two minutes, yes. then the actual fact that you've got to write it down takes longer than doing it. So you may yes. well just get it done. Just get it done. Just yeah. dive in. He yeah. says if it's like less than two minutes to do. Yeah. Yeah. I actually liked um, the thing where he says. Um, that they say um, if you actually do a task that you they rate people rate it less difficult and stressful than when they were thinking about it. So always the thing that you're doing is less terrible once you're doing it yes. than the thought of doing yeah, it. Yeah, and then you go, why have I made such a fuss yeah, about it? So you just got to remember that. And they they yeah. say they call that the amig- amygdala amygdala hijack. hijack. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, it's when your emotional response to something is out of measure with the actual thing that triggered it. It's, all my life is like that, really. Yes, but well, it is. It's, it's yeah. mountains out of molehills, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that will stop us all procrastinating. Will Do you think it, it will? Will it though? Well, I'd like to think that it would actually. There's lots of things I put off. Lots like of such things as... I put off. Well, I have to send something back by DHL, and I couldn't be bothered to ring them. Yeah. Because then you have to tell them what time you're going to be home, and I always don't like to have to tell them what time I'll be home. Yeah. I like to just keep them guessing. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, then you have to actually make a plan. Mm. So then it means you've got to work out what you've got to do. And so then that is, that's annoying. So um, that's been sitting on the kitchen table for a while. Yeah. Um, just general, general, general life general admin. General life. Um, lots yes. of spring cleaning, I procrastinate Oh, with. yeah, that's, I do. But I, I mean. feel like that is the one thing where the job doesn't outweigh the thinking no. about. <laughs> it is awful, isn't it? It's awful and takes as long as you think yeah. it's going to. I think the big things as well, like, you know, if you're like, I've got to sort my super. Mm. Like, I had that re- last year. And actually, when I actually did it, it was really easy to do. Yeah. I just went online and filled in some forms and then did this and then did that. And it was, you know. And you can always call people about that stuff too. And they'll you tell can. you the answer. They will you know, tell you, Claire. Which is where you think that you're the only person that doesn't understand something. It's not the case. No, it's not. And even if you were, someone would be able to explain it to you. Yes, not well, us. Not us, of course. No, don't ask us. We haven't got a clue. <laughs> um, well, that was good. And okay. We didn't do procrastinating then. We got on with the show. We got on with the show. And uh, we are we put our money where our mouths are. Or something like that. Mm, and our chips. Yes. Um, all right, come to the PDAs, which is our Facebook group. Yeah. You can email us on weareplaindevilsavocado at gmail.com. I've bo- I've completely turned off all notifications for that email Great. address because I feel like no one ever does. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I'm going to do it just to see if <laughs> either of us reply. <laughs> I bet you won't. You'll just procrastinate. I will, Claire. <laughs> all right, we'll see you next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.